Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of Cast Iron, a podcast all about metal. Um, we've got, we've managed to actually do another episode uh, a month from the last one, which is a nice for a change. Yeah, <laughs> um, especially <laughs> punctual. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty good. Uh, hopefully, it will actually be out in the month of recording as well. So, fingers crossed. But yes, uh, let's carry on as per normal with uh, another metal classic, hopefully. Uh, and we're going to deal with melodic death metal in this episode with the fourth album by Carcass. It's called Heartwork. So, um... It's hardware. It's melodic death metal time. It is. Uh, so we haven't. Have we done any sort of mellow death yet? I don't think we have. Have we? Um, no. No. So um, um, not explicitly. Yeah, which is strange because this is a genre I absolutely adore. Um, so yeah, it's, it's also like definitely my, if not my favorite, then right up there. So I don't know how we avoided talking about this for so long, <laughs> yeah, but I'm really, yeah. really pleased that we're finally talking about this. Yeah, because yeah. it it forms a starting point of a lot of interesting scandinavian stuff that no doubt we will be talking about over the, over the coming months and years yeah yeah no definitely um i mean this is a, a bizarre one as well because uh, it's from a band that aren't traditionally a melodic death metal band as well um heartwork is the fourth album by uh, carcass and the first um sort of in this style uh, previously the band has sort of established themselves as a grindcore band or uh, an extreme metal band, yeah, e- extreme metal, yeah, which yeah. is just that that catch-all term for everything else. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, the earlier stuff there is a similarity to things like Strapping Young Lad. I think that's yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's still extreme. Yeah, yeah. Extreme but, is just you know a normal thing pushed out to the bounds of uh, what's considered acceptable. Yeah, so. well, absolutely. I think as well, it's it's basically a blanket term because the band do change quite dramatically throughout their career. So why not just encompass it with a with a nice big term that covers it all so uh yeah um so a little bit of backstory with carcass carcass formed as a three-piece um and uh sort of the first two records sorry um featured just bill steer jeffrey walker and uh mr ken owen who unfortunately uh did not uh take part in the uh reunion when they band went on to uh reform after sort of like Almost 20 years, I think, they were dis- uh, disbanded for. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, first two albums, three-piece. Um, and then with the third album, they introduced a man called Mr. Michael Amat or Amat. Um, I'm not entirely sure he pronounced that. Uh, Michael, Neither am I. Yeah, yeah. Michael is uh, quite famous for uh, later projects, uh, the main one being Arch Enemy. Um, he was obviously uh, yes. the main guitarist from there. Um so yeah, uh, he was not particularly uh, heavily involved, even though he was in the band for a couple of records. Um, he he doesn't actually play on Heartwork at all, even though he was in the band. Um, he involved he was involved with the writing of the album, but um, due to losing his passport, <laughs> he couldn't make it to the actual recordings of the record. So uh, Bill Steer plays both rhythm guitar and lead guitar on the actual Seriously? recording. Yeah. He, he- how did you how did you find that out? Yeah, it, um, well, it's on their Wikipedia, so it could complete complete uh, bollocks. Okay. 
But I'm, you know, just it, it seemed like an interesting fact, and I wanted to pick it up. Um, but yeah, it happens to the best of us. You know, like how many <laughs> albums have we missed out on well. by misplacing our passport? <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I suppose uh, the the four piece era of Carcass is kind of their most well renowned. Um, they un- uh, Michael unfortunately left at the end, uh, just before they started recording their final album, Swan Song. Well, final album before their hiatus, um, and not not the title of the the album hiatus, <laughs> genuine hiatus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Swan Song is yeah, yeah. It, it's all very confusing. It's it's absolutely supposed to, um, you know, hint at the fact that they were splitting up. Uh, but yes, um, Carlo Rigardus uh, played guitar on Swan Song, and so yeah, um, yeah. That's. Just the way things go, go went for the band. Um, but yeah, Heartwork. Heartwork is a 1993 release from the band. Um, it features artwork by H.R. Giga, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's a bizarre piece as well because it doesn't look very Giga-esque. It's, it's basically yeah, just... I think... I mean, it's got his his body horror stuff. And, yeah, there's um, a spine and some hands and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, okay, it doesn't, it doesn't look blatantly like an, an alien or something. Yeah, yeah. You know... <laughs> maladapted phallus yeah, yeah. but uh but it certainly uh, looks weird yeah it's a, it's a really striking piece of artwork actually and it, it, it's um it's at odds with the rest of um carcasses sort of artwork because um everything that come prior to it is either you know d- disgusting sort of like mutilated bodies and things or just just horrible like artwork in that style because carcass up until this point like to sort of favor the splatter-esque sort of horror in their lyricism and their visuals um, yeah, but- they they did have a lot of silly album titles. I'm just looking up now, <laughs> like uh, Symphonies of Sickness. Yeah. Um, what else? Any other good ones? Uh, the third one. Symphony. Third one's Necroticism, Discounting the Insalubrious. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I do like. I do that. like. W- wake up and smell the carcass. Which I, think, <laughs> I don't know if that's like a, a compilation. I think or it a, is. Yeah, yeah. A B-side thing. <laughs> Choice cuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hard work is. It was it Necroticism. Discanting the insalubrious. That's so. um, and um, this is like a, a test for sobriety. I think. <laughs> it was be corporal jigsaw quandary, pedigree butchery, carnius cacophony. Like it's cacophony with the word coffin in it. Uh, this is uh, it's good stuff. Hepatic tissue fermentation too. I can't say I'm familiar with the original hepatic <laughs> tissue fermentation. So they they had a lot of gory imagery, and yep. this is a shift for them in that. Um, Okay, you still got songs with titles like um, "Blind Bleeding the Blind" and yeah. "Arbeit macht Fleisch," yeah, yeah. but it's um, but it's a very it's a very different um, it's a very different tone. It's not quite as explicitly gory, and I think definitely for the better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so, so should we get into talking right about it then? Yeah, or yeah. Maybe we should explain. So we should explain kind of. So we, if you haven't listened to our Strapping Young Lad album, that gives you an idea of what extreme metal's like. Although, yeah, <laughs> although. Strapping is a bit more, uh, probably describes more industrial yeah. than early carcass. Yeah. Um, and your traditional death metal would be bands like Death and things like that. So, yeah. um, melodic death metal synthesizes that with what you can consider more traditional guitar melodies. Yeah. And it's, it's an attempt to reconcile a thrashy, bashy, gory metal with the more ostentatious earlier showboat stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you think about it, you kind of maidens and your priests and your more hair metal-y stuff, and it's my total favorite. It just ticks all the boxes because it's got that 
it's got the brutality of extreme metal, but it's also got, as the name would suggest, a lot of melody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of actual sort of there, there are songs in Metal of Death. You know, it's it's not so much a sort of progressive, noisy assault. It's very much a case of you know here's a, here's an actual song structure. We've got verses, we've got choruses. There's melodies, you know. There's solos and things. It's got um, tunes. Yeah, got absolutely. Tunes. So it's uh yeah it's a it's a lot more accomplished in a weird way I think as a, as an as a as a genre. Um, but yeah, uh, so Heartwork is basically the, uh, Carcass's first foray into this genre, um, and it's kind of well-renowned as being very sort of iconic as an album, um, and uh, I suppose we should just get into it, to be honest with you, with the first track. Um, Let's get buried in yeah, the yeah. Carcass. There you go, and the first track is Buried Dreams. Um, I didn't even do that intentionally. Oh, yeah, uh, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> it m- must go. have been meant to be. <laughs> but yeah, um, what an opener. Um, from the from the get-go, we've got some fantastic riffs. Um, I think that's the real thing that sort of uh, that becomes present during uh, a listen of Heartwork is that um, sort of riffs and melodies are very much now a part of the guitar work in Carcass. And... Uh, I don't know whether that a lot of people seem to attribute that to Michael Amer, but um, like I said, he obviously didn't actually play on this record whatsoever. It was all Bill Steer, so it was obviously very much a a, a keen move towards that sort of uh, more melodic, more tuneful sound. And uh, I just I just love the riff work on uh, Barry I feel, Dreams. It's I feel so like good. we're we're gonna have two things that keep coming up again and again in this album. The first will be what a great riff, and the second will be what a great solo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but and Buried this, Dreams is quite an eerie opener, and it's, yeah, it's driving I guess so. and, and relatively easygoing yeah, for yeah. this band until the vocals kick in. Mm. Um, and then you've got a bit more thrashy, full-on, uh, up until you get this sudden drum breakdown and this amazing double guitar solo just launches out of nowhere. Oh, it's gorgeous, what I like isn't it? A, what I really like about this album is that the solos take you by surprise sometimes, and they, they tease you with little partial ones, and sometimes they go full-on, and... There's always so much more to hear on repeated listens. Yeah, really, yeah. it's the kind of thing as soon as you finish listening to that you want to go back into and immediately hear again to pick up on what you missed. Well, I've um, actually listened to this album three times in in its entirety today. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, I was, well, I mean, I was obviously getting prepared for the recording, but at the same time, it was just like, <sighs> God, the musicianship on this record is great. Um, I cycled home, and uh, I think I got up the hill that much faster. <laughs> I mean, it's n- it's not a particularly fast record. I mean, there are some fast songs, but Berry Dreams, I suppose, is quite mid paced. I'd say. Um, yeah, there's, there's some bits are some bits are a bit faster paced, but I think that it is it's more progressive, and yeah, you yeah. have fast bits and slow bits, and it's not just like this is the fast song, this is a slow. Song, yeah, yeah. This is a slow. Why was my voice getting lower? <laughs> slow song. Um, but this is a this is an astonishingly good opener. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this, is, this is really quite something. What I quite like as well, um, you brought up the solo. Um, I like how sort of classic rock it is. It's very sort of indulgent and a bit sort of progressive. It, it, it's got the swagger too. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. And- Yeah. 
I've I've kind of made lots of notes and used the word swagger several times, but I think <laughs> that's that's what it brings is that with things like grindcore and grind gore is grind gore grind core both grind gore this is gore grind sometimes i think it's heard never mind what a load of nonsense (laughs) this extreme metal stuff there's not a lot of showboating and instrumental virtuosity it can just it can just be noisy and and messy and unpolished Mm -hmm. and what i really like about mellow death in general but starting with this album is that we get that those little flourishes yeah. that, that make the songs more interesting to listen and ultimately less exhausting. That's what breaks it up a bit. You've yeah, got yeah. the the air guitar section and the, the headbang section. Yeah. No, no, it's really cool. And I mean, um, it's quite interesting as well because um, Bill Steer actually went on to form sort of like a, a Clapton-esque sort of blues rock band in 1999 called Firebird. Gentle- uh, who, are the, who are the Gentleman Pistols? Is that a different band? No, that's a different band. But uh, yeah, Bill Steer did, uh, I think it's Firebird. I'm trying to remember the exact name of the band now. Um, oh, that's going to annoy me. Yes, it is Firebird. Um, so yeah, um, you can you can already hear that sort of like classic rock sort of influence on his on his musicianship on Carcass. And uh, so it was it was it was kind of interesting to see to just hear that and think you know thinking now with the power of hindsight it's like oh you know no wonder he went and did that record you know um so yeah it's really really good opener a really strong start to a pretty fantastic record um and then we move on to carnal forge which i think is probably the heaviest song in the record and probably the most classic carcass sounding song as well yeah, it's very a... sort of grindcore-esque <laughs> It's much faster and thrashier. Yeah. It's still got a really good riff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It has. It's got a really brutal screaming and drums right from the outset. And, <laughs> um, I I wouldn't necessarily use this song to introduce someone to metal. Yeah. As a as a concept. Mm. Um, but um, it, it's a it's a really good track. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it, but it does slow down for yet another great solo. I know, yeah, and, and another really indulgent solo. I love it. It's really good. And fun. I might just I might just stop commenting after a while, and you could just take it for granted that I enjoyed the solo in every single song because <laughs> there's not really a, a duffer in there. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it it goes pretty full on at the end, and it goes into it goes into a second solo, and then you get some serious noodling that's yeah, like yeah. really. There were, uh, very, very maideny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's all, like that's why I said this here. That sort of classic sort of rock and heavy metals kind of vibe is definitely permeating, permeating their sound a lot more on Heartwork, and it's just really fun. Like you wouldn't have thought Carcass, being the ultra serious, you know, splattery, stupid band that they are, could be <laughs> this enjoyable on just a on a musicianship level. Um, I, yeah, it's, uh, Heartwork is a really fantastic record for that sort of thing. Well, I think like the, the first thing to say is that, you know, I don't think they would take themselves entirely seriously. No, no, I the mean... first three albums. Yeah. So they, you would hope they were having fun anyway and they weren't <laughs> deeply traumatized. No. But I agree that you can, you can feel the fun in this one. You can mm. tell they're really enjoying themselves. And I think they're letting that show through the, the soloing and the showboating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that's what makes it such tremendous fun to listen to. That's what really pulls you into it from the first track. No, no, it's it's great. It's great. I mean, um, a lot. Uh, what uh, what I was reading as well is that um, the 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 grooves are you know in the riffs are really sort of they they still stand the test of time. This is a quite a, you know in the history of metal, this is quite an old record now, and um, I'm surprised at how well the overall production sounds. And it's due to the fact that um, Bill Steer's rhythm guitar is actually layered quite heavily. 
um, they've recorded it like multiple times to give it that beefiness that really shows through and it actually kind of drowns the bass out a little bit <laughs> you you, they, you can't really hear it very overtly bass wise on this record but um i so think that's a fair point but i don't think the sound's lacking for it no no not at all i think um if anything doing that has really helped this album age well i think um which was something i just know i, I noticed once I, once i read it i was like yeah that makes sense why you do that um but yeah, no, I mean, it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's 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 a great sounding record and another great sounding song. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to No Love Lost. This is a bit slower, sludgier, big mm. fat riff, and it's got a it's got a lot of groove to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say right. This is one of those songs for me. It's one of those songs that's like this is iconic. Like this, this would be uh, if you listed like the best heavy metal songs ever made. No love lost would totally be on there for me. It's the riff. I just it's the most evil sounding. Every time I hear it, I'm just like. I just want to cheer and scream and stuff. It's just, yeah! <laughs> I love the sound of that riff. It's so, it's got that sort of grindy sort of, ah, oh, it's such a nice quality to it. Um, but it's, it's so memorable as well. It's impossible not to nod your head to. Oh, I know, I know. The moment it kicks in, just because as well, the drums on this one are very sort of driving, but at the same time, they're not particularly technical. Um, they're just there to sort of flourish the the, the song on this one. I and think yeah, late, later songs like we'll talk a bit about our back Mac Flash later, yeah, yeah. and I think the drums are more interesting in that. Yeah, but uh, you're right; it's it's driving it along, but it doesn't doesn't get in the way. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's oh, I love this song so much. It's just it's. I mean, it was released as a single as well, so there's a music video out there for kicking around. It's, it, it, the music video has not dated particularly well, it's got to be said. Oh, <laughs> Black and white, I think it is, and also filmed in like a church graveyard or something. Um, but it's Sorry just... Not that much. <laughs> it's your typical heavy metal affair, unfortunately. But um, God, the song itself is just one of the best. It's really, I think it's probably one of the most memorable Carcass songs as well. Like, just... The chorus, just um, Walker's like grinding, sort of like, no love lost, is just really memorable. Um, it sounds almost like Proto Pantera. Yeah, yeah, I can I can get behind that as well. It's definitely got that sort of quality to it. It's, maybe this isn't Proto Pantera, this is probably the same era. Probably, maybe they're being influenced by what's going on in metal at the time as well, so, you know. Um, but, but that's what it reminds me of in, in terms of that big, big, dirty groove running through. Yeah, it, absolutely. Still a bit of evil. Yeah, no, I, I can completely agree with that. But um, yeah, No Love Lost is such a cracking song. Um, but I hey, don't forget another solo. Woo, air guitar time. Yeah, he's absolutely. Having, he's having so much fun. <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Like, I, you can't, you can't put that riff and that solo together in a song without it being one of the best. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. I really, really enjoy No Love Lost a lot. Um, and then we get to move into the title track. Which is just as iconic. In fact, I think this was the song that introduced me to Carcass completely. 
Um, I wasn't like familiar with them prior to Heartwork, unfortunately. Um, but oh god, I the thing that I really like about Heartwork itself is um, we haven't spoken about Jeff Walker's vocals too much, but I love that he does this thing before he like gets into his lines he always like yeah, growls he warms up a little bit <laughs> yeah it's, he just sounds mean and like really sort of like at, you know like he's fo- foaming at the mouth or something um but this yeah is, but this is a this is a spectacular one and it i mean okay it's the title track but it really is the embodiment of the album yeah it absolutely. gets that the dueling guitars the maiden-esque melodies all that Swagger, yeah, and it's really thrashy it's, to begin with as well. It's just it's got all the yeah, it's got all the best bits of like the the new wave of British heavy metal, but it's also got the blast beats and the crunch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's still really overdriven. Absolutely, and it's also a song. You know, it's not it's not like a progressive piece. It's not just all over the shop. It doesn't try and put all these influences in, and and it doesn't really sort of like fit together. They haven't like thrown stuff at a wall and just gone with whatever fits. It, it, and I think that that's what's good about it is that it, it flows from one section to the next. Absolutely, like you say, it's not just a random mishmash yeah, yeah. of bits. No, it it moves in such a a natural way. It, you just wouldn't want it any other way. To be honest with you, uh, Heartwork is a phenomenal song. Um, just I think it's probably the most iconic song in Carcass's back catalogue. Uh, probably what they're. I, I'm. I mean, again, I was introduced to them via. So I might be a little bit biased in this way, but I think. If you think of Carcass, Heartwork is one of the songs that you would almost instantly think of straight away, you know. Um, it's even got a sing-along chorus. I know, I know. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> how does how how does a band like start off so unabashedly heavy and just like almost, you know, like completely against the grain of what would help what would sell and stuff and, and make something so some something so memorable like this. It's it's really incredible to see. You know, I think the Carcass is career has been a really interesting one to follow actually one of the one of the things i also really like is that um i like that it's it's got this cheeky non-solo and right. it kind of teases you for a few seconds then it buggers <laughs> off again then it sort of chugs and wheels its way through the last chorus and yeah. the breakdown and i think that's as much as i do like all of the the crazy solos in this I like that they've just done something a bit different and subverted it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if anything, this album really does mix it up quite a lot, and we'll see that in the back half of this actually a lot, um, because it really does sort of... I think it, it focuses on certain styles a little bit more in certain songs. It doesn't quite um, mesh them all together as well as like artwork does. But, um, for instance, if we move on to Embodiment, I'd say this is probably the most sort of classic heavy metal guitar work on the entire record like the whole song is very much sort of driven by those sort of Iron Maiden style leads and things This song is so mellow, Death, that this should be in a music dictionary embodiment. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting because I've got to say, like, after the first four songs on this record, it does feel like my interest wanes somewhat, and it's mm-hmm. not. And I don't know if it's if it's because these songs are bad. I think it's just because the opening four are so damn good um, that the others don't really get their chance to shine. So embodiment. As I much think, as I, I like I embodiment, right? I, I yeah. think embodiment and the next two, 
this Mortal Coil armor and Mac Flash are also really good. Yeah. I think there's a slight dip before Death Certificate, which I've got at least one uh, metal joke about. Um, <laughs> well, I see embodiment like... is... So, I don't know if we mentioned it in the Iowa podcast, mm. but um, Jess and I were traveling back from meeting up with friends, and we were listening to Triple J. I think it was Triple J, yeah, which is yeah. the main... It's got the equivalent of Radio 1 in Australia. Okay. Um, and they have a metal show once a week on a Tuesday night. Right. So we were listening to all the latest metal music, and apart from one notable song off the new Opeth album, Sorceress, yeah. all I could think about was how crap this music was. And it was all <laughs> one note chugging. It was all yeah. like, yeah, yeah, a lot of modern metal. And that was it. And every song was like that. And I thought, you no wonder people don't like metal anymore. Yeah, yeah. And whenever I was listening to this album, I thought, God, you know, why why can't we just have all metal like this? Yeah. Why yeah. can't we just why can't we get the tunes back? It's a strange when one. Become, isn't it? Un, when it become unpopular to have really, really good riffs and people clearly enjoying themselves and having a bit of fun. It yeah, seems yeah. like it's all so maybe this is me being an old man, but it just seems so pole faced. Yeah, it's very derivative so, so now. Yeah. Derivative and yeah self-obsessed and and serious. Like I I'm not saying that there haven't been good albums this year there's been the new Amona Marth album very much brings classic melodic deaths um swagger to the proceedings yep. Barry tomorrow had a really good album out um the new bellacore albums fantastic yeah, mellow yeah. death but uh, even the new and flames album's pretty good i think dr billy released an album this year as well which i've got right to yeah, listen to as well so um, Adama, yeah it, uh, all of it says it's a dark tranquility album well it yeah. sounds good <laughs> but it, it also sounds the same as constructed in every other recent right, dark right. tranquility album Fair enough. but it is but it is fun but um, I I think we've lost something. Yeah. And not only does this sound iconic and still good, but I think it's still still relevant. It still has a lot to say about what good metal can be. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It's a really timeless record in a weird way. Um, it includes a lot of sort of tropes, I suppose, um, that you'd expect from from modern metal. But at the same time, it's just it's a really well made thing. It's it's got a lot of it's having a lot of fun and it's just it's just it's just so memorable for such a heavy record you know and i think that's what really sort of strikes me a lot about this record i like the big chord change midway through embodiment i don't know if it's going from minor to major but there's a sudden uptick yeah, yeah. it suddenly becomes a bit more upbeat and jolly yeah, yeah. and i like that i like that they fit that in it's really cool i mean i like i say i think this one's definitely sort of the most sort of classic heavy metal-esque song on the record and um yeah it's it, it it, it it stands out, you know. It, again, I think with these songs in particular, they sort of take those elements that we've spoken about that they've hinted at in certain songs and sort of flesh them out into their own songs now. So again, with when we go onto this mortal coil, it goes back to that sort of slow, sort of driving groove. Um, it's uh, it's it, it, but at the same time, it's got that sort of heavy metal style gallop almost, like that we you get from a lot of Maiden. Um, so again, it's it's drawing on things that we've experienced in other songs but maybe sort of fleshing them out a little bit on their own terms Um, I, I I think this Mortal Call is a great song. Don't get me wrong, but it, again, like I feel like 
an awful lot of this back half is I'm comparing it to how great the opening was and I just don't give it the time it deserves. I really like this one and I think this is the this is the the song that launched the Scandinavian metal industry. Yeah. Because it is the it is the most inflamesy song on Heartwork. Yeah, yeah. I mean that in a really good way. <laughs> it's because it has got the as you said brings in the maiden-esque gallops. Yeah. But it's where the guitar dueling's very very clear and mm. it does remind me of something off like Jester Race or the early Dark Tranquility stuff like yeah, the gallery. Yeah. No, no, understandable completely. But um, so I, I love that sound of the main riff. I just really like the sound of two guitars galloping along Maiden style. I liked it in Maiden. I like it in this. Yeah, yeah. I will absolutely. continue to like it for as long as people <laughs> continue to produce that yeah, music. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's got uh, that. That sound always reminds me of like helicopter blades turning for some reason. I don't know why. It's just always the image that comes into my head. That sort of. It's always horse across the desert for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. But yeah, there's just something about it. Still, I suppose it's quite mechanical in its in its way as well. So maybe that's why I get that that image. But I, just, but, uh, I love the main riff of this. I love all the all the bendy the bendy racing fun of it. Like, it's a really <laughs> really solid track. I mean, one of the good things about hard work is even if you think that the back half isn't as strong as the first half. Which is fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's only forty minutes long. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like, even if, even if I don't love these back half songs nearly as much as the first four, um, they're still not bad by any I means necessary. Any of them? No, neither the, would that's I. That's the key thing. It felt like this. This heartwork as a as an album is very much a complete piece. And listen, like I say, like after listening to it three times today, for God's sake, um, it it feels like. It's it's definitely you know the complete package. It's it's something that you should experience as an album, um, because it, it, you get a, you get a little bit more from it from that in that regard. It's a bit strange, like to describe, but yeah, I was really enjoying it as a complete piece, and I would uh, t- highly recommend you experience it this, this that way as well. Um, I guess you want to have the ending of the podcast spoiled. We are going to recommend that you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I um, think we should also have a shout out to the this Mortal Coil solo, which is one of the best in the album. You love those solos, man. <laughs> I do. I do love every. I love every one of them. Yeah, and yeah. no, I mean, they, there's nothing. So the to key, complain the about key there. mark of a good solo for me is do I immediately want to rewind and hear it again? Yeah, and he's yeah. definitely passed the test. Yeah, yeah. No, I think as well, like. As a solo for me should always feel necessary. You know, it, it should it should have its own melody. You should be able to whistle it if you wanted to. Um, it should it should flow in the same way the song has. It shouldn't be forced. It shouldn't just be there for the sake of wanking. You know, it should it's it's it it, it stands alone. At, but at the same time, it, it it flows with the song. It has to be like you have to be edging. You have to need a wank. <laughs> well, yeah, totally. Um, you burst, bursting for the solo. <laughs> you've got you. Well, yeah, uh, that's that's true as well. Like you can use it for crescendos and things like that as well. Um, and if it's used well, then my god, you know, you get moments like this where we just like <laughs> praise every solo on the record. I think we need to bring like we need to do a special episode. Maybe that could be the Christmas special. <laughs> Best like, solos well, in metal. <laughs> yeah, just we just bring our top three solos and just. Uh, Headbang our way through them. That but, sounds uh, awesome. Let's do that. We could, we <laughs> That's could, next month's episode. There you go. Well, it's either that or it's going to be Christopher Lee's Christmas metal hits. Let's not uh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> Bjorda's cover of Little Drummer Boy. It's uh, quite, quite, quite something. Which, I'm I mean, sure it is. I'm sure it is. Which I mean, it's not very good. Come on, <laughs> the guy's dead, and he was an old. He's a geriatric metaler. Like, give them, give the man his due. Oh, um, I, I, you know, I'm not dis- discerning anybody from doing what they enjoy, but at the same time. 
I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> fair, fair. Anyway, so we talk about our Mac Mac Flash. We should because um, uh, this, is, this is progressive as shit. <laughs> yeah, this is the probably one of the more interesting tracks in the album. In the in the by interesting, I mean unconventional. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't follow the uh, the traditional song structure that we've experienced through quite a lot of this record. Um, it doesn't have verses and choruses. It's very much just let's just go nuts, throw as many riffs into this song as possible, and make it work. <laughs> and they do. Because <laughs> we we talked a bit before about um, the drums and how they generally keep things moving. But actually, yeah. in this one, they're given a little more room to breathe. Absolutely. Oh, God. Uh, Ken Owen's performance on this song is absolutely incredible. He is all over the place, showing you exactly what he can do. The man has chops, man. It's such a shame that... Um, well, he had a brain hemorrhage in 1999, and that's why he doesn't drum with them anymore. Um, God. So, he's... He, I mean, he's, he's made... Um, a few appearances sort of since 2008, I think. Yeah, but they just bring him out to do like a solo or one Triangle. song in particular, you know, like just to just just to let you know that he's doing all right and that he still enjoys metal and Cark, you know, and Cark is still on good terms with each other and things, but which is lovely to see. But at the same time, obviously, it's a huge shame that um, such a great talent was uh, stricken in such a horrible way. Um, I suppose that's yeah. the problem with. Um having like a band a lot of their songs are based off various medical techniques there's always a chance one of them will happen to you and that'll be <laughs> well, yeah, ironic and unfortunate <laughs> well I mean I'm glad he's a bit of, bit of gallows humour for you there uh, Just, yeah, uh, absolutely <laughs> I'm glad he's well and you know he's obviously uh, you know in good health but unfortunately he's uh, not at peak condition to be able to drum in carcass anymore and I think you kind of need to be with the music this intense um, but yeah uh Albert Max Fleisch might be his uh, his, uh, his his pinnacle, I think, as, as a drummer. I think it's a really impressive drumming performance. Uh, shows exactly how well the man can do his 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 work, and it's just fucking awesome. <laughs> it's a good example of what blast beats are as well. Yeah, if, yeah. Um, if you're introducing us to your your non-metal loving friends, and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, Lewis, I I heard you talking about blast beats, and I was wondering, blast beats, just uh, four minutes of that will make them never want to hear one again unless they're, <laughs> unless they're well, susceptible they, to the ways of they're metal. used sparingly on a carcass record. You know, it's it's not like a black metal record where blast beats are almost all encompassing. Um, they're very much used to punctuate certain like uh, riffs or passages and things, and it's it's used a lot more effectively, I think. And uh, you know, this song in particular is a very good example of that. I think like, that that's the thing. I don't like constant ear assault blast beats. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. But Carcass do it pretty well, um, and generally they do tend to be abused, especially in like, I, death metal and black metal. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, there's obviously an audience for it because you know why would people continue to make black metal where it's almost all blast beats all the time but um yeah i think for me i think blast beats should punctuate songs in the fashion that we're, we're experiencing here um it just gives it a little bit more impact it makes it special you know um because they they are 
very visceral and very sort of almost offensive on the ears and to yeah to to, to use it you know like this where you, you 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 get a short burst and it basically just punctuates things and it's like yes excellent and then we continue and it's it's this is the way i think it should be used you know this is a really good example of how definitely good punctuation to the end of a thrash sentence mm, absolutely absolutely Right, um, we're slowing down again. So we've got Blind Bleeding the Blind. I feel this song's a bit lacking, unfortunately. It's a good name. It's a good name, yeah, yeah. But there's something <laughs> makes like... makes little sense, but it's, <laughs> it's at least clever on some level. <laughs> this is a bit again, yeah, a bit slower, a bit groovier. It opens up with a couple of extended guitar licks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some bits where it picks up the pace and um, it 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 does catch my attention a little bit in that regard. But I do find when it's slowing down, there's almost like no guitar a lot of the time it's like they've, they've sort of you get the old chug to sort of punctuate the verses and sorry i'm still laughing at the the idea of a solo being a wank so have you said the odd chug uh, <laughs> oh i'm full of them tonight yeah, this is great <laughs> <laughs> but i do like that this is a good example of the the warm-up vocals where he just goes <laughs> yeah. quality <laughs> yeah you get lots of that on this one I, I do love Jeff Walker's vocals. Like they're actually very sort of black metal. Actually, I suppose in his style, yeah, that yeah. sort of high pitched grunt, grunting. But um, it works really well for Carcass. It makes them it makes them sound like Carcass in a weird way. Um, I think Carcass are what most people would associate with death metal. Even if you didn't have, even if all you had to go on were memes and stereotypes, this is <laughs> yeah. a fi- like if you said to somebody, "What is this?" The God's death metal, right? Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, 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 and that's absolutely. that's not that's not I mean, a bad thing. Right saying it's like it's, it's iconic. It's it's iconic. Yeah, that's yeah. why people would associate it with that. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, blind bleeding the blind for me is just one of the songs. It's like you know, this. It feels like there needs to be more happening in this. And um, I mean, I'm I'm thankful for when it sort of picks up and stuff because I do it does catch my attention and I'm, I'm back into enjoying. It does the get more definitely gets more thrashy at the midway point. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it does, like I say, those are the sort of moments I really crave for this on this record. Um, but yeah, this song, this song in particular is probably the very, one of the very few that I'd actually skip, I think. Ooh, because yeah. I, I think, well, I didn't listen to it three times today. I only listened to it <laughs> one and a half times today. So fair enough. But yeah, just not to say it's a bad song. It's just not quite as good as the others. No, that's, that, that's, that's, that is really, you know, like I've already said, I think that's the, how I feel about the back off. It's not as good as the others, but it's nowhere nearly, you know, anything I would regard bad. It's, it's still very good. Um, next we get doctrinal expletives, which is, uh, a fantastic name for a song. Uh, what is a doctrinal expletive? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, oh my God. But this is my back off banger, I think. 
Um, I absolutely uh, adore okay. the song. The riffs on this one are fantastic. It actually feels like it should probably be sitting in the first half. Uh, it's got that level of intensity that I really like. Um, it's a song, you know, it's verses and choruses. Um, yeah, back off banger. Hey, that, that, you get to bring yeah, the turn I'm, back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stop, stop trying to make back half banger happen. I think we should make it happen. I think it's a valid term. Absolutely. And this is the, this is the quintessential bank half banger. It needs to get you to the end of the record without skipping it. Absolutely. That's, that Absolutely. is the whole purpose of the, the BHB. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, um, I, this is the, especially after, you know, I, I was not particularly feeling the last, the previous track. So to have Doctrine of Expletives come back and like drive it home and just, oh, it's, it's a cracking song. I really enjoy this song. It's got another frigging outstanding solo about a minute in. Maybe that's um, maybe that's the key to the the good songs on this record. <laughs> yeah, maybe those are all the ones I enjoy are the ones with fucking awesome solos on them. Yeah, that's 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 fair. But <laughs> I, I like that they do it within the first minute. Yeah, yeah um, no, absolutely. It also happens. Um, and then Flames kind of pick that up in the Jester race, which I don't want to talk about too much because I feel like if we don't cover it the next couple of episodes, that I've been I've been keeping it buried away inside, <laughs> and I'm going to explode. Um, but it's also a thing they do with um. The Jester race to have a couple of there's only one solo, but it's rammed in right at the like the first half of a track, and yeah, it's because yeah. when you think about the structure of a rock song, it's normally verse, here's the chorus, here's the verse, here's the chorus, solo, yeah, it's yeah. chorus again, the end, da, da, da. That's it. Yep. and and then the solos become a bit predictable, and that's what I like about Heartwork is the song structures are unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, I agree completely. It's it's it, it's certainly a lot more interesting, and it's not like moving the solos around makes the songs any less bad, you know, any less good or whatever. No. It's it's it, that it, the songs are great. They're, they're incredibly well structured. They flow in exactly, uh, they flow and move in the way that you want them to. And Doctrinal Splitters is another great example of that. The other good thing about having an early solo is because um, it happens in Doctrinal Expletives and also in. Um, was a Colonel Forge. Okay. Um, if you have one early, you can get two in. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> no, absolutely. Solos are like solos are like voting in Ireland. You should get them in early and often. You know. <laughs> oh, amazing! But yeah, really, really fun track. And I think the double the double solos definitely carry me through. And it's got all the, the riffage for the the rest of it. No. Absolutely. Then we move on to the the final track, and that is Death Certificate. Um, and you're going to need to do a bit of mashing up. Is this the rift from Papa Roach's Last Resort? Oh. Oh, God. Um, oh, I'm going to have to listen to both <laughs> afterwards now because, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I suppose. I don't think it is exactly, but I listened to it in a day. Yeah, is yeah. This the, is this the riff from Last Resort? And what I mean, of course, <laughs> is not that they they stole the riff off Papa Roach. I think Fest didn't come out until about 2000. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's, 
interestingly similar, and hopefully I haven't ruined this album for too many Carcass fans. Um, <laughs> I quite like I quite like Death Certificate. I think it's an interesting finish. Yeah, and no, I think again, it, it's it's an all right track. Um, it's not one I'd particularly revisit, but as as closers go, it's still very much a Carcass song, and I was having a lot of fun with it. Um, it's just not that. It's not a heartwork or a no love lost, you know. It's just, uh, <laughs> and I, I suppose at, at this point in the record, it was never going to be. But um, that's the only real sort of criticism I have against it. It's just, it's not as good as what's come before, unfortunately. But yeah, that's again, I've already said it already. That's just how I feel about this back half. I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for death certificate. Go on, I then. think that um, there's a really good solo. Yeah, what a surprise! Um, and it comes off the back of the. Um, Last resort riff, yeah, yeah, but it blends in really nicely. And again, I think this this to me is definitely in the contenders for the the best solos of the album. You you're gonna have to cut in a couple of clips here, but oh, absolutely, only enough to only enough to wet people's anticipation. <laughs> you don't want to have to listen. <laughs> and to now the top five solos from Hard Work by Carcass. <laughs> oh, man, don't make don't make me choose. <laughs> don't make me choose. Um, I think the the solo work in this is truly masterful, yeah. And for that reason, it's worth listening to again and again. Oh, absolutely! But maybe you can cut off the rest of the song around <laughs> the solo. But it's uh, it just brings a tear to your eye. It's just so good. Oh, absolutely! It's it, hard work. Definitely stands for me as Carcass's best record. Um, it's a fantastic release. It's iconic. It's it's. You know, if you're going to introduce people to metal, um, I, I suppose maybe not come in via Carcass, but I think this is definitely sort of the record you release after a gateway. You, you listen to after a gateway sort of record, like I don't know something new metal, I guess. But yeah, there's a couple of people in my work I was chatting to today, and I got into the usual, you know, I do a heavy metal podcast. Yeah, yeah. conversation that you know happens from time to time, <laughs> um, and. Um, I, I said to one of the guys, oh, what kind of metal do you listen to? He's like, um, I don't really listen to anything that you can put a word in front of. So listen to like Iron Maiden, Rage Against the Machine. That was no good. Well, it's new wave of British heavy metal. That's like rap metal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. God's going to be, we've never done a, a Rage album. That'll be fun. So we got a verse and then a chorus. Then we got the same verse. Then we got the same chorus. <laughs> and then we got a one note solo. And then the same chorus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Pete, Tom Morello does some on. weird shit with his guitar that makes it sound a bit weird. And I was trying to explain melodic death metal, but I think if somebody is, if you're trying to explain to somebody what melodic death metal is, you could do worse than this album. No, absolutely. You need to come at it with an open mind. But mm. um, So with previous albums we've covered, so we did um, uh, the Blackening by Machine Head, yep. and we kind of thought it was good, but perhaps a bit overrated. Yeah. How do we feel about Heartwork? 
I feel it's interesting actually because I was thinking about this earlier. Like it's been weird revisiting a lot of these records because despite the fact that in my mind they're seminal, you know, like I, I, I heart work in my mind is a seminal record. Coming back to it and giving it sort of like the critical eye, um, no album's perfect, is it? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's strange coming back to it and realizing maybe the back half isn't particularly my favorite carcass music but at the same time there is a, a lot of this album which is some of my favorite carcass music so i'd say this is probably a great album <laughs> um maybe not perfect maybe not excellent but it's definitely great um and yeah i'd highly recommend people listen to artwork it's a fantastic record in my mind um just not the pinnacle of metal that i thought it was coming coming back to it you so know? harsh you're so harsh <laughs> i think i think when we finally get on to the hymn albums they're really gonna break you yeah? like, oh, they're all perfect <laughs> you mean, well i know one of them isn't but you know like that's just always been my dis- that, what, deep, deep shadows yeah 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 uh, <laughs> at least we're in agreement um i think i think this is a masterpiece really i think you can't you can't expect you can't expect an album to have 10 totally perfect tracks but i think it's it's damn near close enough and Fair enough, i though. i like it more than i thought that i liked it That's i think really cool. a, i think it, i think it re, i think it is a great album with a capital g i think it should definitely be recognized as one of the i definitely think the it's best, a great album one of, one of the best metal albums of all time well there you um, go could have cut off two tracks yeah we could probably do without our back mic flesh and blind bleeding the blind but yeah. i think it's really really universally excellent from start to finish or enough that i feel like i'm being mean by criticizing it Um, (laughs) i I mean i i'd like to clarify as well like when i say it's not perfect i'm not by any means saying that this is you know middling or bad or any sort of sort of like that i I still think that artwork as an album is an amazing piece of music it's just it's not quite the masterpiece that you've made it out to be but but what what would this is the, the question i have then is what would be a masterpiece because i think say i know no no video games perfect and i kind of agree that there's a couple of video games that are perfect like tetris to me is a, is a perfect video game yeah, that yeah. doesn't mean that i wouldn't describe sonic the hedgehog 2 as essentially perfect because i think it's like you know a masterpiece of the form you're so yeah god that's that is a question isn't it what is a perfect metal record and I think that that that's where we shouldn't be saying there's, there's no there's no value in us as critics. This is getting really meta. This is getting yeah, yeah. inside baseball. There's no there's no value in us as critics. Good orders, you know. There's no such thing as a perfect record because that's a that's a really you know banal and trite thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I think this is as close to perfect as you're gonna get. I think I think you're I think, right in that sense. Yeah, I think maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on it because I'm not as fully into some of the songs as i am others uh but on the whole i think yeah this is definitely a damn good record um so yeah maybe i am being a bit harsh i i, I, it, I want to agree thing, with you is it the best thing we've covered in in, in cast iron history that's a, that's a good question is it the, that, that that should be like you know is it is it better than hard to work <laughs> and then we can <laughs> at the end of this you know 30 years later we'll have finally got our favorite album oh i, I, I don't know if i want to say heart works better well, than city well, we, or or Ouroboros is the one you Ouroboros. as well. So, yeah. Well, see, I, I love The Trees of Dead and Dried Out. I know you don't, but I mean... I I, yeah, I, I like it. I just didn't love it. Yeah, yeah. But that, that for me is very sort of, again, quite seminal. But maybe it's because it's quite personal to me as well, because it was very sort of like... I just discovered math metal, you know. <laughs> um, See, this one isn't. This one isn't personal to me. Yeah, um, I, I, 
I'm not a. I wouldn't say I'm a huge Carcass fan either. You know that. Yeah, well, neither am I. Like I said, the only band. the only two Carcass records I own are Surgical Steel and this. To be honest with you, so um, I've got some grindcore stuff because uh, Earache Records did a really fantastic box set uh, called Grind Mandus at the BBC, which is all the Peel sessions from uh, Earache bands that played on John Peel's show. Um, and there's some Carcass on that, some early Carcass, um, but it's stuff like Napalm Death, Bolt Thrower. Extreme noise terror, stuff like that. Really worth getting into. Uh, All your mum's favourites. <laughs> All your mum's favourites. Right, we so should pick you, favourite um, songs. Recommendation. Oh, favourite songs. Favourite songs first. Okay, I think yours is No Love Lost. You're correct. <laughs> okay. What do you think mine is? Heartwork. Yeah, that's 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 pretty fair. Yeah, pretty yeah, fair. That's cool. that, was, that was easy. Yeah, <laughs> but but, uh, but honestly, like there's there's not that many duffers in here. No, absolutely. I mean. I could have happily picked Very Dreams or Carnal Forge or Heartwork or, you know, it's just, or, or Doctrine Expletives. I was having a great time with this record. Um, there are some fantastic songs in it, but yeah. Nay, nay duffers. So what what would you what would you recommend for some further listening? Right, we should have spoken about this because if I say At The Gates and you've chosen an At The Gates record as yours. I've not chosen, I've not chosen At The Gates. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I was worried. The Soul? I was worried. Yeah, I was going to go with Sword of the Soul because, again, it's another seminal uh, melodic death metal album and I think it's one that everybody should enjoy in fact if we cover that I think that might be a masterpiece album for me because uh, I, so I don't know I don't know I think I'm I'm a little slightly worried about listening to Slaughter of the Soul in that much detail because I don't know if I'm going to like it as much as I as the, as the esteem it has okay. in my head you're very so we'll, you're we'll very see. much an Inflames boy anyway so you know you, you've, yeah, got, well, you've got to well, sit my... on one side of the fence haven't you so. guess what <laughs> I'm going to recommend um, go on then well, uh, I do have down Jester Race, which is the, so the first in Flames, they've got a couple of like EPs. There's, there's uh, Subterranean in their first album, Lunar Strain. Yep. Um, but Lunar Strain has, uh, Michael Stana from Dark Tranquility on vocals. Yeah. yeah. And in, uh, vice versa, isn't the first Drank Truly record have, um, thingy from Andrew Flames? Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, it, I, I'm but, pretty sure um, that is the case. So yeah, very bizarre. You should listen to the Jester Race because it's way better than Slaughter of the Soul, and it's like my favorite. It's <laughs> How like, dare you, sir? <laughs> it, it's it, it's like my favorite. It's my favorite Melodeth album ever. And every time the new In Flames album come out, my brothers and I rate all of the In Flames albums, and I don't think anybody's bothered to displace Jester Race from the top. <laughs> well, um, we definitely need to do both of these records for the show yeah, because I have yeah, never yeah. listened to the Jester Race. Well, well, Jester Race is on my top three on our website. So. Okay. Okay, well, there we go. So we that have, definitely needs to happen. You've never listened to it. You don't no, even, no, even own the CD. No. I've only got one in Flames record, and that's Clayman. Um, Bloody hell. don't know why Clayman. it's only Clayman, but there you go. Um, need to do something about this. We'll see. <laughs> but we'll see, see this what, is the thing. This is, I need to come into it fresh. So this, I'll save it for an episode, okay? Okay, okay. Um, there's another recommendation, which um, I think you should check out. Carcasses later work, Surgical Steel. Absolutely. Um, it very much feels like the follow-up to Heartwork. Um, I haven't listened to Swan Song, um, but from what I can gather, it very much sort of loses a lot of the progressive elements and it becomes a lot more straightforward songwriting um, wise. Um, but yeah, Surgical Steel very much is uh, cut from the same sort of cloth as Heartwork, um, and that's a definite same, recommendation. Cut from the same gauze. Oh, yes. Good, good reference. Good reference. Uh, my I'm just other. The track listing yeah. for. Um, Surgical Steel now, and it's uh, Thrasher's Abattoir is one of my favorite classics in here. <laughs> like, um, my, I think my, my favorite, apart from the granulating dark satanic mills, is definitely a song called Kid You Not Non Compliance to ASTM F899 12 Standard. 
<laughs> Such a good title. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm assuming it's The Grade of Steel. I'm assuming. Um, but there maybe, we go. Maybe. Maybe. It, I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of, I don't know, butch, butcher's block. <laughs> maybe. Creating, maybe. Um, um, but yeah, my second uh, recommendation, because I forgot to do one, <laughs> uh, was uh, Black Dahlia Murders Miasma, um, which is mm, okay. another... I'd say it was Mellow Death, but it's very much more akin to traditional death metal in that sense. Uh, but Black Dahlia Murder are an amazing band. They've unfortunately been through ridiculous amounts of uh, lineup changes, and I think there's only one original lineup, uh, ri- original member in their band. But that's uh, part of the course for a lot of long-running metal bands now. Um, but yeah, um, Miasma is a fucking amazing record. Um, there's some awesome songs on it, uh, and some really bizarre song titles like Dave Goes to Hollywood, <laughs> which is just like. Okay, what's this doing on a metal record? <laughs> um, I want to hear things. I want to see things about eviscerating stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we want these. Uh, <laughs> I want to know if these guys are compliant to the ASTM exactly, exactly. standards. That's what I want. That's what I really, really want to know. But yeah, no. Um, I, I, Black Dahlia Murder are one of those bands that I think are. If you've got one of their records, you've got them all almost. But um, they're certainly worth checking out because they are. Um, virtuistic incredibly fantastic musicians um incredibly heavy and uh, a lot of melody to their to their style as well which will obviously appeal if you like artwork so there you go cool stuff well um let's wrap things up i guess um bit of housekeeping then so uh <laughs> if you're just gonna clean up my master's butchery <laughs> and my three three 316l grade surgical steel yeah. i can't keep this up oh, um but yes uh if you would like to continue to follow our escapades through the metal odyssey please uh subscribe to uh cast iron show at castironshow.co.uk you can get to us via itunes and all the popular podcast type distributors via our website uh, you can follow us on twitter at cast iron show you can get us on facebook at facebook.com slash cast iron show uh, i am lewis clark from uk scum scene you can follow me at sonic yoda on twitter alan is i am at ag bear don't follow me leave me alone. <laughs> you that guy that's stalking me in the street leave me alone leave us a review on itunes yes please do please do because one day we'll reach the top and you will be a part of that success. Yeah. Won't be us, won't be us. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next month, hopefully, with uh, something different, maybe? With, or something uh, similar. Who Christopher knows? Lee's Christmas <laughs> Oh, God, don't even remind me. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. See you soon. Bye. Thank you.